0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Peyton Doyle, host of the Peyton Doyle Show. Hope everybody is having a fantastic Sunday today, and welcome to the newest episode of the Peyton Doyle Show. We have a lot of lists today, a lot of top threes. Uh, later on this show, I will continue my divisional record predictions for this upcoming NFL, this upcoming NFL season. Then I'll be giving my top three NFL what-if scenarios. So like, what if this happens? What if that happens? And the impact that these different scenarios could have on the playoff picture. But first, I'll be giving some of the NFL stories that I'm looking forward to the most this season. My first storyline that I'm interested the most this season is... Will the Browns bounce back this season? The Browns were the ultimate dud last season. Going into the season with high expectations and not even living up to half of those expectations. It was nothing new for Cleveland. The Browns and losing have been one of the most consistent duos in the past 20 years. But now, can this be it? Can this be the season where the Browns are back on track? They filled all the major holes that they needed to fill in both the draft and free agency this offseason, while managing to keep Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, who both seem committed to playing in Cleveland this season. The offensive line was the main focus for the Browns this offseason, making key additions at both tackle positions, left and right tackle, on both sides of the line. They also got Austin Hooper. They're also looking at a lot of winnable games early on in the season, which can help that young team get into a rhythm and please all the big personalities on that team, like Baker, Jarvis, you know, Odell, all these big personality guys, because winning solves everything. And for a big personality team like the Browns, the easiest way to keep everyone happy, everyone smiling, is to win. I also love the hiring of Kevin Stefanski. He was a very good coach for the Minnesota Vikings for a very long time. 17 seasons. I've said this before. 17 seasons in the Vikings organization. He lasted through three different head coaches. They all kept him. As a quarterback's coach, he helped Case Keenum get to the NFC Championship game. Case Keenum. NFC Championship. Then, as an offensive coordinator, he helped Kirk Cousins have top 10 production and win a playoff game, which was always something that had been a knock on him his whole career. Well, he can never win the big game. Yeah, not until Kevin Stefanski was there. Kevin Stefanski knows how to put guys in position to win. Like I said earlier, he took Case Keenum to the NFC Championship game. Baker Mayfield isn't the perfect quarterback. He's not on the level of guys like Mahomes or Watson or Lamar or Carson Wentz or Russell Wilson or, or Aaron Rodgers or any of these elite quarterbacks. He's not on the same level as them. He's the size of Russell Wilson, but with half of the but half of the athleticism. But what is he? What is Baker Mayfield? In his first season, he show, he showed flashes of good accuracy and he's very, very successful in play action. Well, that's good news, because 40% of the Vikings plays last season were out of play action. The Browns will be lethal out of play action next season. With the weapons they have at wide receiver, their improved blocking, and the two-headed monster that they have in the backfield with Nick Chubb, who many believe is one of the best pure runners in the NFL, and Kareem Hunt, who is extremely versatile in the passing game and oh by the way he led the league in rushing only a couple years ago the browns are going to have their bread and butter with play action this season they're going to be they're going to be a running football team that will use play action to set up big plays down the field i'm really excited to see what this season has in store for the browns so y'all could keep sleeping keep sleeping on the browns i know everybody is calling me for cr- Call me crazy for thinking that the Browns will be good this season, but I'm telling you guys, just wait. The Browns are going to turn some heads this season, no doubt. Everything has fallen into place perfectly for Baker Mayfield to improve this season drastically. The next storyline that I want to get into is Will Dak Prescott prove that he is worth big money? This is a storyline that really intrigues me, because I don't know the answer to it myself. Should Dak Prescott get the long-term, big-money deal? There's always two main knocks on quarterbacks, right? And that is, yeah, he puts up great numbers, but he never wins. Kirk Cousins. Then there's the, yeah, he wins all the time, but he never ever puts up any great numbers. Jimmy Garoppolo. Dak Prescott, at the beginning of his career, was the, was the yeah, he wins a lot. He was winning division titles, but people said he needed to put up better numbers, better stats to be an elite quarterback. Then, this past season, his team struggled a bit and Dak put up top 10 numbers. So what's the problem with Dak? For whatever reason, I can't put my finger on it. I can't tell if he is elite or not. With that offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott, that running game, they should have made the playoffs last season. Dak Prescott was 1-6 and against playoff teams last season. In In those seven games, he threw eight touchdowns and eight interceptions. That is a major red flag to me. In order to be the best, you have to beat the best. So that's something that I'll be keeping an eye on this season. How does Dak do against playoff teams? I don't care about how he does against the Redskins. I want to see it. I want to see how he does in the big games, the playoff team games. We're talking about we're talking about Philly. I want to see how he does against Philly this season because that's a playoff team last year and that's his number one competition. I'll also be looking to see how he does in comparison to other quarterbacks who are getting paid more than him this season. Right now, the only quarterbacks that are guaranteed more money than Dak Prescott this season are Russell Wilson, Big Ben, Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, and Carson Wentz. So if Dak is asking for a raise, let's see how Dak does in comparison to these other guys that he's going to be in the same category as by getting the same amount of money as them. That's what he's arguing. Especially Carson Wentz, because that's his division rival. So I really can't wait to see those head-to-head matchups between, between Dallas and Philly this season. But I think if the Cowboys fail to win their division, that they should maybe look into moving on from Dak Prescott, because this is make or break for him this season. Then my top storyline that I'm very interested in this season is who will win the divorce between Brady and Belichick? This one just got a whole lot more interesting this week, didn't it? Bill Belichick goes out and he adds Cam Newton to a prove-it deal. That's what I like to call it. Cam Newton's deal is prove-it. Cam is hungry, and he wants to go out there and show the whole world why he was MVP in 2015. And then that that same Cam Newton is still here. But just look at the Buccaneers, man. They have weapons everywhere you look on that team. They also have the crazy offensive mastermind that will make it all work. Bruce Arians is every quarterback's dream head coach. Just look at what he did in Arizona. He took an aging Carson Palmer who looked absolutely washed up in Oakland and almost won a Super Bowl with him. Tom Brady showed a little bit of decline the past season. Now, with Bruce Arians and all of these weapons, Tom Brady is poised to have great statistics this season. He has all the glitz and the glamour to have great numbers and and this and that and then the big plays and highlights, but will it translate to winning we know Belichick's system translates to winning it might not be flashy but at the end of the day you're gonna win the game it will be interesting to me to see how everything pans out this season with that situation in Tampa if you're looking for things to look forward to this season here's some and honestly you know that's only three of the most interesting things that I thought of what about Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina or Phillip Rivers Working with Frank Reich in Indianapolis. Or how how will the Rams do without Todd Gurley? How will Kyler Murray progress this season in Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins? So that was only three, but there are many, many storylines to look forward to this season in the NFL. It's going to be a very interesting season. Will there even be fans? Who knows, but those are just some of the things that I'm looking forward to this season. Some more things that I am looking forward to this season is the what ifs so I'll be giving you my top three NFL what ifs this season and what they could potentially mean for the bigger bigger picture that team the playoff picture maybe even the Super Bowl who knows but starting off I have what if Todd Gurley is fully healthy what could that mean for the Falcons well Matt Ryan would have the best running back that he has ever had on his team. His offense all of a sudden would be really versatile and dangerous with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. When the Falcons got really hot and made the Super Bowl, that was at the peak of Devontae Freeman's career. That was the best year of his career, and Matt Ryan won MVP and had a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl, against Belichick and Brady and I understand that they blew that lead, but that's still a pretty big deal. That's really one thing though, that Matt Ryan has been missing his whole career. And that is an elite running back. Even when Devontae Freeman was good, he was never elite, plus he was always injured. The rest of the Falcons team isn't bad, it's pretty solid. The offensive line could use some work, and they did lose Austin Hooper. But Gurley, for the first three or four years of his career, before all of this knee injury dilemma started happening, was a generational talent. He was like the Patrick Mahomes of this era at running back. We all said that the only thing that would stop him was injuries. If he was healthy, he was making the Hall of Fame. That's what we all said. Plus, I've said before that I think the situation is a little strange with Todd Gurley. The Rams couldn't get anything for him at all. You don't cut a guy like Todd Gurley unless there's something really, really wrong. Almost beyond the knee injury. We don't know what, what that was all about, but we will find out this season when he's on the field, if he still has it or not. If Todd Gurley is healthy, the Falcons could shock some people this season, But if he isn't healthy, then the Falcons I believe could very easily find themselves in last place in their division. The next what if I have on my list is injury related as well. And that is, what if Cam Newton is healthy? Now I don't think a healthy Cam Newton at this point means MVP 2015 Cam Newton. But looking at the AFC East, I think a healthy Cam Newton is maybe the best quarterback in that division right now. And that could change depending on the growth and development of Josh Allen. We all know that I love Josh Allen. But right now, Cam Newton, if he's healthy, might be the best quarterback in that division. But that Patriots team might be good enough to win the division. Yes, they lost key players like Kyle Van Noy. But, Mohamed Sanu is going to be 100% healthy this season, we assume. Who has always been a solid wide receiver since his days in Cincinnati. And Julian Edelman in the slot. Super Bowl MVP, by the way. Plus, if Cam Newton is healthy, you're adding a dynamic quarterback to the mix along with a solid running game with Sony Michel. Plus, we know that Bill Belichick is notorious for getting the best out of his players. He is the most bang for your buck kind of guy. He has he he gets he's going to get Cam Newton for for completely cheap and he's going to get the most out of Cam Newton for a, a small price. So he's going to get the most bang for his buck. And for Cam, the biggest question is his 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 shoulder. Is his arm dead? If not, and that shoulder's fully healthy, then great. I think Cam could resurrect his career as a starting quarterback. I don't think the foot injury is what matters the most. I think what was steering teams away was the shoulder injury. They were scared that his arm was dead. The foot injury, that, that was just something they aren't too worried about. The shoulder injury is the big deal. That's what I'm going to be looking at most with Cam Newton this season is, is his arm 100%? If Cam Newton isn't healthy then the Patriots are probably going to be bad this season, but they'll be a whole lot better than if they had Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer, I believe. The Cam Newton signing, I believe, was perfect boom or bust move for the Patriots. Now, the number one what-if that I am interested in this season, what if Dalvin Cook holds out for the whole season? Season. If Dalvin Cook holds out for the whole season, I believe it could be extremely detrimental to the Minnesota Vikings, but not because I think that um, Alexander Madison is incapable, but because of the drama that would be surrounding that team while also dealing with the many other losses that they've endured this offseason. If Dalvin Cook holds out, the question would be asked every single week. When is Dalvin coming back? When will Dalvin come back? People say he may return week six or week seven. It'll be the same game that we played with Le'Veon Bell. And trust me, I remember that game very, very vividly because I had Le'Veon Bell on my fantasy football team the year that he held out. So I remember what it was like. It was a whole lot of drama and it did not help the Steelers at all. Coaches and players would be hurt by the thought of, well, Maybe we can get a game plan for him to be back next week. The doubt, the what if Dalvin Cook was here? What if Dalvin Cook was here? That's going to be in their heads after every game. Imagine they lose a couple games and Alexander Madison struggles. Everyone in the locker room will be like, well, maybe if we had Dalvin, everyone in the media will be asking the same question, including myself. I'm sure I will have an episode on it later in the season if it happens. The Vikings need Dalvin Cook to not hold up if they want to have success this season. But I still don't think that they should pay him. They should probably just take the year of struggling and blame it on Dalvin Cook rather than pay him too much money and then they expose themselves and we see why they're actually struggling and it's really because they lost five defensive starters and Stefan Diggs. It's not... You know, if they... If, If they let Dalvin Cook hold out, they're not risking paying him too much money, and they can use that as a mask as to why they're struggling this season. But if they pay him and come back, everybody's going to say, you shouldn't have paid him, your your team wasn't going to be successful anyways. So they're better off letting Dalvin Cook walk if he wants all that money. Now it is time for everyone's favorite segment, apparently. My AFC West and NFC West divisional predictions. These record predictions have been starting a lot of arguments in the comment section on my Instagram. Not a whole lot of people have been liking what I've been having to say. I mean, all I said was that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to go 7 and 9 and now I'm the world's biggest idiot. But anyways, here you go. Hopefully I don't I didn't stir the pot too much on this one. Starting with the AFC West, I have the Kansas City Chiefs at 13-3. and 3. 20 of 22 starters returning from a Super Bowl roster. It's tough to beat that. Oh, and they also have easily the best quarterback in the league and potentially the best quarterback of all time in Patrick Mahomes. So I really feel like I shouldn't have to explain that that too much there. 13-3 and 3 for the Chiefs. They're going to win the division. They're going to be contenders. Then I have the Denver Broncos at 10-6. and six. They're number one on my surprise teams list this season. I think Drew Locke is this year's dark horse to win MVP. I love what they've added in the draft with Jerry Judy to pair alongside Cortland Sutton, who I believe is the league's most underrated wide receiver. They're also getting Bradley Chubb back from an ACL tear, so they're gonna pair him alongside Von Miller, and they're going to be getting at quarterbacks this season. A whole lot. And they're also stacked in the backfield. They now have a two-headed monster, much like they have in Cleveland, with Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay, who are both super dynamic. They both can also catch passes. So they're my second-place team, 10-6. Then, in third place, I have the Los Angeles Chargers. They have one of the most talented rosters in the league with a subpar quarterback in the league's hardest division. I think that Justin Herbert is in the perfect position to develop into a good quarterback because they have everything around him. Good offensive line, good running back, good receivers, good defense. But right now, it seems as if Tyrod Taylor is the man. And Tyrod Taylor, while I think he's solid, isn't enough to compete with Mahomes or what I think Drew Locke has the potential to be this season. However, with the extra playoff spot in each conference this season, do not be surprised if the the Los Angeles Chargers are somehow able to sneak in as the 7th seed. I would not be surprised if that happened. Now, in 4th place, last place in the AFC West, I have the Oakland Raiders at 5-11. I think they'll split with Los Angeles... And they're going to get swept by Denver and Kansas City. Normally, if you go 1-5 in in divisional games, you're not that good. I like Gruden. I think he's a fantastic coach. But I think he really isn't sold on Derek Carr yet. And I think there's some sort of commitment issue there with them. Plus, the Raiders lack what every other team has in their division. And that's explosive playmakers. They now have Henry Ruggs. But he's a rookie, and it might take time for him to develop into the star that he has the potential to become. So I say 5-11 for Vegas this season. Derek Carr, I believe, is on his last chance with Gruden this season. It's make it or break it for Derek Carr this season. Now, to finish off the day, I have the NFC West, the most stacked division in all of football. In first place, I have the Seattle Seahawks taking this at 12-4. and four. Russell Wilson is probably the most underrated quarterback of my generation. He's also getting Chris Carson back, who is going to be healthy, we, we assume, this season, who proved to be a solid running back while on the field. And then he got hurt last season, and that really hurt his team. They won't have to be relying on an old Marshawn Lynch anymore. So that is good news for them because Marshawn Lynch did not play well when he came back last season. I also expect to see a big leap in DK Metcalf's production from year one to year two. Him and Tyler Lockett will be a dynamic receiving duo this season. And especially if they add Antonio Brown, whew, that offense would be lethal. But that's a, that's a talk for another day. I'm not going to get into the speculation right now of Antonio Brown. But Russell Wilson is going to be an MVP candidate this season, and he's going to lead his team to the top of the NFC West, I believe. Then in second place, I have the 49ers at 11-5. Yeah, I know the records in this division are going to be pretty high, but you have to remember that they're playing the NFC and AFC East, the two worst divisions in football. But the 49ers are going to be solid again this season, I believe. Jimmy Garoppolo has done one thing since he's entered the NFL as a starting quarterback, and that's win. He wins more than he loses. Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. They did have some key losses. They lost DeForest Buckner and Emmanuel Sanders, which I believe will hurt them this season. That's why I give the nod to Seattle. But I think with the fairly easy schedule, that should help them get to an 11-5 record and make the playoffs regardless. At third place, I have the Arizona Cardinals at 8-8. Eight 8-8 and eight. Eight and eight for the Cardinals this season. I know they have a lot of hype, but this is going to be a promising 8-8 eight eight for them. Kyler Murray will improve, and the addition of DeAndre Hopkins will help that offense out a lot. I also think that Isaiah Simmons was an absolute steal in this year's draft. I think he's going to be so dynamic for that defense that needed a lot of help in Arizona. It's a shame that the Arizona Cardinals are in such a tough division, because I believe if they were in the NFC East, we could be looking at a 10-win football team in Arizona. But that division is just going to kick their butt this season. It's really hard, especially if you're a young team. It's the hardest division in football, like I said. However, at 8-8, they could maybe sneak into the new 7th seed spot in the NFC. With the new 7th seed, there's probably going to be a division with three teams in the playoffs. And if I were to pick a division with three teams in the playoffs, it would have to be the NFC West, no doubt. So if we're looking at the playoffs, I think that the Cardinals have a chance, the Niners are definitely going to make it, and the Seahawks are definitely going to make it. So that's three teams in the NFC West that I think are playoff contenders this season. Then, in last place, at 7-9, and nine, I have the LA Rams. I said this in a previous episode, And I'm about to say it again, I understand that the Cardinals have not proven anything yet, but the way I look at it is that the Rams have lost pieces. Todd Gurley, gone. Brandon Cooks, gone. Their great defensive coordinator, Wade Phillips, gone. The Cardinals are a team that is trending upwards while the Rams are a team that are trending downwards. I think they're still going to be a hard team to beat, but losing Todd Gurley will really, really hurt them because he helped set up Goff in the play action. Even when Gurley was not himself on the field, defenses had to at least respect him. It's not the same for the other running backs on the Rams now. It's going to be hard for them to set up the play action passes where Goff is at his best. Because now the running game isn't as respectable as it was once was with Todd Gurley. But now, we are really going to see if Sean McVay is a good coach or not. If he can get Goff to look good without Gurley, we will know Sean McVay is a good coach. By the end of this season, we will know if Sean McVay is a good head coach in this league, and if Jared Goff belongs as a starting quarterback in this league. So that's it everyone, thank you all so much for watching and or listening. Please make sure if you haven't already to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you may be listening. Also, make sure to follow the Peyton Doyle Show on social media, at Peyton Doyle Show, that is at Peyton Doyle Show. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and I will be posting many clips and takes on there throughout the week. I highly recommend you all go check that out. It's a very good page. And like always, everyone, make sure to stay tuned for next week's episode. Thank you.